0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Daily Objective brought to you by the Ayn Rand Center UK, where we apply the philosophy of objectivism to basically everything. And uh, I guess the other day I got into it a little bit with James Valiant on the idea of voting rights. Is voting a right? Now, this is something that probably 99.9% of the people out there would say, of course it is. That's how we protect our democracy, that de- our government has to be uh more or less controlled by the people. And there's something to be said for that. Certainly, one of the ways that we control our government is by voting in those who represent us. But is it a right in in the sense of the word of a complete and total inviolable freedom of action that travels with us wherever we go? Uh, to to unpack this or help me unpack this, I'm sure we might have slightly different perspectives on this, uh, you, you can let me know. Nicholas Krusek has been with us on a number of shows, he, he helps uh, unpack the artistry of music, and, and he has some great things to say about that and great things to say about pretty much everything I've heard him talk about. So, Nicholas, what say you on a topic like this? This is a pretty complicated topic, it seems.
1: It is. And really, voting shouldn't be as important as it is today. Uh, so let me explain what I mean. A lot of people, many people that I know, they look upon voting with a kind of superstitious awe. And one thing that I often hear people say, older people as well as younger people, is they think of voting as being synonymous with our freedom. They say, well, voting, that's how we exercise our freedom. I beg your pardon. No, voting is not how we exercise our freedom. The way you exercise your freedom is by living by working, by being productive, and by trading the, the products of your labor with other people without impediments and without restrictions from the government. If we lived in a free society, if we lived in a laissez faire society where the government was strictly limited to only protecting individual rights, then voting would be a strictly marginal question. But because we lived in a mixed economy, because we live in a world which is basically this battleground of warring pressure groups, The only way that people can seize some temporary political powers and promote their own interests as against the interests of all other groups out there is by voting their particular merry band of crooks into office. Uh, So that's why voting has become uh, so so important uh, among most people. It has to do with this warfare between different groups. So people will say, well, the only way to fix society is to vote liberals into office or to vote conservatives into office and you know this leads to all sorts of confusion and all sorts of misunderstandings. Now yes it's true that for and we can get into this in a moment it's true that for adults in our society there is a a certain legitimate claim that voting is a right that all people should hold equally but my point is that voting shouldn't be as central it shouldn't be as important as it is where people associate or think of voting in, in connection with democracy or with freedom. So which as say, you
0: suggested that... yeah so, so so as you suggested a mixed economy which creates a regulate where it has some controls and some freedoms, the controlled aspect of the economy creates the necessity for you to gather into gangs in order to gain control of that aspect of, of the economy. pressure groups and lobbying, as you said is a result of this this sort of uh, regulatory state. In which yeah. case, and not just
1: not just the economy, not just the economy, but also cultural aspects, things like right. gay marriage, um, right,
0: uh, right. So once you, once once you allow the government the right to control one aspect of of our lives, it enables it to control every other aspect of our lives in the name of the public good, and then it's in your interests to get, organize into some form of pressure group and it's and voting becomes vital because your life is literally in the hands of these bureaucrats but you've put them in the hands of these bureaucrats and, and clearly the way out of this is a laissez faire society where actually just living is the way you you get ahead and not the right right person in government but no, no, but when we see we see now the left wants to expand the franchise in the name of democracy claiming that this voting right uh, not only should should extend to non-citizens and people who are not even of the age of majority, let's uh, say 16 years of age, people people who've never lived on uh, on their own. Um, can you say that they are consistently pursuing a concept of voting as as a right by expe- expanding the franchise in a way that seems a little bit irrational?
1: Irrational to be sure. So we, we need to define very clearly Who should vote? Uh, Certainly any adult citizen of a country should be allowed to vote. Just just to give you a couple of statistics. So my country, Canada, was uh, technically created in 1867 with the uh, British North America Act. And at that time, any males, uh, any male citizens age 21 and above could vote. Uh, Then about uh, a decade later in 1876, Uh, There was this law passed, it was the so-called Indian Act, which was referring to our our Native people, who they were allowed to vote only if they willingly gave up their, quote, Indian status. Now, uh, getting into Hmm. the 20th century, gradually during the period of World War I, women were progressively allowed to vote, but in a piecemeal fashion. So during World War I, there was a law passed saying that uh, women who served in the armed forces could vote. Uh, Women who served in the armed forces alongside men could vote. It wasn't until actually a couple of years later in 1920 that all women were allowed to vote. Uh, Not until after World War II were Asian Canadians Mm. allowed to vote. That was in 1948. And then all uh, Native people, regardless of whether they had Indian status or not, weren't allowed to vote until the 1960s. So, uh, of course, this raises a whole host of problems. And perhaps you can fill us a little bit on the the American uh, history or the American context. But nonetheless, uh, I think the principle here is that adults of whatever the age of majority is, uh, I think right now in Canada, it's 18 should be allowed to vote regardless of where they come from, whether they come from Asia, whether they were born here, whether they're of uh, native descent or European descent, or uh, whether they're black or whatever, should be allowed to vote. Uh, I don't really see any rationale in lowering the voting age. So for example, like right now in Canada, the drinking drinking age is 19. I think in in most states, the drinking age is 20 or 21. 21. yeah, I don't really see the logic of having the drink, the legal drinking age be different from the legal voting age or or anything else, <laughs> driving or whatever. I think there should be some sort of consistency there, uh, as well as the age for you know, having consensual intercourse or whatever. I, like Once, once you, we decide that at such and such an age, you are considered an adult, you are legally considered an adult, that should basically entail everything. I don't really see the point of making finer distinctions there. But certainly voting should be limited to citizens. Like if I were to go to the United States for on vacation or to live or work for such a time, I should not be allowed to vote in the United States because I'm not a U.S. citizen. I'm a Canadian citizen. And if, if you were to come to Canada, say, to film a movie for a couple of months or a TV show, uh, you shouldn't be allowed to vote in Canada because you're not a Canadian citizen. That, well, wait me, a that's minute. So obvious. Well, wait a minute. Canada takes
0: 23% of my income when I go work over there. So in, in many respects, I have invested more in the infrastructure of Canada than most Canadians have just, just in about a decade than most Canadians have in their entire life.
1: Oh, true enough. True enough. So you actually, you actually, oh, would that mean, does that make you a stakeholder? <laughs> yes. People misuse that term nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I think it does. I think you're right about that.
0: Yeah. With respect to American voting rights, uh, I believe there they were, you know, we have a federalist system here where the states are supposed to make their own rules with respect to voting. And there were states early on that allowed women to vote, provided they met certain qualifications. The thinking at the time was that women were dependents on men and would tend to vote the way that the the men voted because they were financially d- dependent on them. So a propertied woman could vote in various states and in certain territories as well. Utah, Wyoming, I believe, once they opened up uh, as, as territories were places where women could vote. I think New Jersey might have had a a uh, female vote uh, f- almost from its in- inception. I I could be wrong about some of those dates. Of course, it became a wider uh, and more open after the suffragette movement in the early 20th century, late 19th and early 20th century. Um, now, we say citizens should vote, and I agree with you, citizens should vote. I don't think the vote should be lowered to 60, and I think that that certainly favors the left. Um, as James Valiant quoted uh, Winston Churchill, if you're not... <laughs> If you're under 30 and not a quote unquote liberal, we'll use it in their terms, you don't have a heart. If you're over 30 and not a conservative, you don't have a brain. There's something There's something to that. Of course, the 16-year-old doesn't have the context to be able to apply principles of right, principles of government, doesn't understand the context and doesn't know how to apply them to their own life. So I think that's a disastrously irrational thing that serves the left, of course, as do migrants coming from other countries that may embrace a more socialist attitude also sort of serves them. But um, I think there should be qualifications for citizenship. I don't think just being born here should make you a citizen. I think you have to understand the, the nature of the values, Americanism, if you will, you have to understand what our form of government is and what it, what it means. And you cannot, I think, as a citizen, be able to vote anyone else's property way. I think there should be strictures like that. Uh, When we're talking about voting, what what say you with respect to these things that i brought up?
1: Well, I think the most important point that you just brought up is, yes, there should be certain and this comes down again to limitations on the power of government. You shouldn't be able to vote somebody else's property or somebody else's rights away. And that really comes down to clearly defining this is the purpose of a constitution, clearly defining what a government can do and what a government can't do. Now, I haven't really thought about whether someone should automatically be a citizen just by virtue of being born in a country. I think if, if, so I, my parents were immigrants, they came uh, from Europe in 1968, they became citizens and then I was born in this my sister and I were born here to, you know, recently arrived uh, people who'd become Canadian citizens. So, uh, now, would you say that if somebody is born in a country and their parents are both citizens, does does that change something? Should they automatically become a citizen? Or even there, should there be some sort of process of, do you understand the founding principles of the country? Do you understand uh, the rights and responsibilities, etc.?
0: Now, I haven't thought this through, so I'm sure I'm going to get some blowback on it, but I, I certainly think that be, becoming a citizen willfully as your parents did means they consciously embraced the values of the country they were going to. They had to learn something about the country and how the country operated. They had to pass a test in order to get in. And that that more or less assured, these values are values that I accept. Now, if I get born into that country and I be and and I embrace values that are antithetical to that, to that country, to the to the political, economic, and moral framework of that country. Should I have a right to vote in those things that are antithetical to that? Uh, certainly if they if if they're antithetical to uh um rights, sov- human sovereignty, as say communism is, I think the Communist Party should be banned. I think they can they can create their communes and create business structures in, in a free society, however they choose as voluntary individuals, but should they have the right to vote in uh uh, ideals that are that have at their core the initiation of force against other people, I think not. And a person who ha- who embraces that ideal should not have political should not have political power in in my view. And they're not going to be harmed by not having political power if if the politics in general is embraces individual rights. They they may not have the power to vote, but they but they're going to have perfectly unscathed sovereignty to do as they please, provided it doesn't hurt somebody else.
1: Absolutely. Now, why why do so many immigrants come to North America, to Canada, (laughs) to the United States? Well, my parents came to Canada in 1968. They came in the summer when the Soviet scum rolled their tanks into the streets of Prague. So my parents wanted to get out of Czechoslovakia. They wanted to get the hell away from the Soviet socialist crap and come to a country that was, that was freer where they would have, uh, they would have, right. My, my parents are, were never you know particularly politically savvy, but uh, they sense, you know, this is not the kind of environment we want to raise a family. And we want to come to a country where, you know, there aren't aren't soldiers and tanks rolling through the streets. I imagine probably a lot of immigrants who come to the United States, whether it's from Central America or South America, they're trying to escape a bad situation. They're, they're trying to escape some kind of political instability Corruption so surely they would want to come to a, to embrace a system that's better than what they are leaving behind now that actually brings up uh, another another very important point I think this is actually one of the best arguments against Letting non-citizens vote in, in, in a country, because I think that could create could could generate hostility against immigration. I think somebody should definitely become a citizen, go through the process of becoming a citizen before they're allowed to vote. But here's an, an argument that we often hear from people on the right who are against immigration. They often say, well, we shouldn't allow too many of these immigrants in because they come in, they come into our country and they vote for you know, liberal policies, progressive policies that are anti-property rights, uh, anti-freedom, anti-capitalism, or whatever. I I think that's a a, a really problematic argument because if you actually look at all the major parties, whether it's in the United States or the major parties in Canada, they're all motivated, all the major political parties are motivated by altruism. They're all motivated by collectivism and statism. So actually it doesn't really matter which party you vote for. It doesn't matter whether you vote for liberals, whether you're voting for conservatives, One way or the other, you're voting for statists and collectivists. So I don't think that's really a legitimate argument for keeping immigrants out. Give us us a party that's actually worth voting for. Give us a party that actually upholds individual rights, and then we can talk about whether or not we should let immigrants into the country to vote. I mean, they certainly do use that, uh, and,
0: and they point to the politics in South and Central America, which definitely tend towards authoritarian leftism. Uh, which many of them are fleeing now. Some of them may may hold those I, I, ideals as as still appropriate, even though they're they're fleeing them and vote in that direction. But for the most part, m- many of the immigrants that I that I talk to um, actually hold cl- are closer to the Americanism that I think is appropriate than most Americans. Um, so, uh, you know, we objectivists are are, are very different than uh, the conservatives or the left. I think both sides are exploiting the immigration issue for their own benefit. I, the left is trying to increase their demographic. The right is trying to exercise its, its ideal, which is nationalism and sort of a white centrist <laughs> corporatism. Uh, we, I, and I'm about to release a video on immigration, believe that you know freedom of action extends to your your capacity to move from one place to another to improve your condition. I think immigration is a right. I don't think people, people claim you can't come into our country. It's not your country. You don't own the country. You own your home. You own whatever property you have, but you don't own the country. Certainly, someone can't come in and commit violence in the country because we have laws that are stipulated, and there's sort of a hard wall against violence. But otherwise, a person coming here to lift up their their standard of living is a rather good thing. It's a it's a noble thing, and and if they're working to do that, not being a burden on the system, not taking advantage of, of our social welfare state, which is which is to me the only valid argument against immigration is that we have a social welfare state, pressure groups that have to leverage the social welfare state, immigrants become another um, drain. On the productive, when they come in and they use the apparatus of the welfare state, and they
1: can't help it because it's everywhere. <laughs> but technically, technically, that's not an argument against immigration. It's an argument against the welfare state. Welfare state. Abolish yes. the welfare state. Abolish socialized medicine and um, uh, and all of that. And there's really no no argument against immigration. Uh, I I agree I agree with you. I, and but so what
0: we've established so far is is voting is 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 definitely. A, a, a type of right, but it it it's only to citizens, right, of a certain age, and there should be standards with respect to the person who exercises the right to vote. Uh, there should be standards of knowledge. I, I think everybody should read at least Basic Economics by Thomas Sowell, something by Mises, something by Rand, In order to uh, get a
1: Henry Henry Hazlitt's economics in one lesson,
0: Hazlitt, I mean, Hazlitt wasn't an economist, but he sure understood the principles of economy, right, wrote about them very eloquently, makes it understandable for laymen like me. So somebody like that, if you if you just ingest their principles and digest them, no, no politician out there can demagogue you again. It's actually strength. It's actually power. So there should be conditions for voting, one of which is citizenship. And I think citizenship doesn't necessarily depend on being a natural born, a naturally born into the country, but on other qualifications. Um we have a couple of super oh, go ahead. Before we get to oh, the super I just super
1: want jobs. to address the question of qualifications. Now, in principle, I like the idea that one should have or should demonstrate knowledge of you know, some basic knowledge of politics, economics, uh social functioning before being allowed to vote. Would that help us in our present situation, though? Because suppose you had to take an exam uh, in order to be able to vote, a certain knowledge exam. Nowadays, who would administer such an exam? Probably some government goons whose uh, motive would be to preserve the status quo. So that wouldn't help us at all. The the only way we can really help society is by educating people, getting these good ideas out there as, as we're doing right now.
0: And we have a long, long road to hoe because uh, the the system is utterly corrupt, and it starts in academia, in my opinion. Regina with two euro. Uh, thank you, Regina. Uh, Kiana Pellegrino five dollars. Voting is important, but isn't voting more of a privilege than a right? I mean, that's sort of interesting. That's sort of an interesting thing. You could say you could say, in a sense, that 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 privilege is a, a qualified type of right. Sure, it it has. It has uh, stipulations around it that rights don't. Rights are inviolable, and they and you, there's there's no buts to a right. You can't say this is an inviolable right, but you know the general welfare, welfare um, trumps it. No, but voting is something different. Kathleen says she's been a member for 12 months. Thank you, Kathleen. Great to see Nicholas hosting all these fantastic shows. An excellent interviewer and host. Look at that. Some Nicholas love there. Awesome. Here. Roland uh, Horvath or 5 euro 99. I wouldn't mind living in a society where I didn't get to vote as long as I didn't get to pay taxes either. Now that's interesting. That is an interesting point. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, at, a, a perfect, in a perfect objectivist world taxes would be a voluntary phenomenon. So, you know, so, uh, and so, and I think, I think exercising the vote is, is, relatively important especially it's vital now it's it's relatively important but certainly not as important in a, a totally free society. Uh, adherent of Lady Columbia five dollars lefts universalism and lust for power so bad here in Illinois my sweaty hippo sized governor uh signed a bill that allows non-citizens to become cops. Well, now, what do you think of that? Because also, in, in, in I think in the United States as a whole, non-citizens can join the military service and through that military service, get a bit of a pathway to citizenship. Do you find this serving in law enforcement uh, as an interesting means of, of uh, facilitating citizenship and involvement in your community?
1: I probably have to delve into this a little bit more, and maybe get some uh, actual uh, legal perspective from James Valley. But that that concerns me when you consider that people who work in the military and who work in law enforcement have a a legal monopoly on the use of force. I'd be very concerned about somebody having a monopoly over the use of force over me, who was not a citizen of my country.
0: That 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 concerns me. But they still have to they still have to obey the laws of the land, so they're still subject to those yeah. laws. And certainly nowadays, when we have laws that are uh, subjective and flexible, uh, we've embedded the initiation of force in our system in all kinds of regulations that give police undue authority over our lives. That certainly has attracted a crop of people into the police force that are uh, rather unsavory. So part of the reason we have so many fatal run-ins with police officers is not just the poor training. Uh, but it's also because a certain personality is attracted to a, 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 a jackboot organization, which it's sort of becoming. Um, but if Henzo Gracie wanted to become a police officer, I, I, I'm sure he's a citizen here of the United States. You know, as a red belt in, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I'm sure he'll be able to diffuse mo- diffuse most conflicts without having to use his weapon and teach others how to do the same. And for me, that's a that's a positive. That's a good that's a good thing. Uh, But you you make an interesting point. Jonathan Honig uh, for 99, twice. Thank you, Jonathan, for watching the show. Now, Daniel says something very interesting. Uh, He just uh, is sort of jumping off of what I said earlier. Wyoming also refused to join the Union if women's suffrage wouldn't be preserved. Isn't that interesting? It was exercised in the territory. We'll remain out of the Union 100 years rather than come in without women. People don't understand this about the United States. They they've 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 jerry rigged the history of the United States for people to believe that that uh, all these all these human demographics were oppressed. And they were. We can't we can't deny that. But they don't understand that there's a great deal of nuance to a lot of their arguments. Uh, You know, so the, the United States isn't a just a villain. It's a it's a mixed it's a mixed thing it's a mixed phenomenon of amazing ideals that we've been struggling to meet up to for over a hundred years and some pretty horrible old world I think illiberal institutions that remained for a while but they don't understand that in pockets the United States was pretty doggone great greater than pretty much any place on earth Um, Roland Horvath go ahead
1: I just wanted to address, uh, I know we're getting close to the hour, but one last point that I wanted to address, Uh, this argument that voting is a duty, that if you're a citizen of a certain age, that you have a duty or responsibility to vote, i.e. that you are immoral if you don't uh, accept the responsibility of voting. Well, what do you think of that argument, which I I hear from many people that I know? I think in today's day and age, it is probably the most moral thing you could
0: probably do is not vote. When you have when you have a choice between Biden, uh, Trump, and some libertarian schmo, you have no choice. I, I mean, if you think that you know you should make your your voice heard, your minuscule voice heard, you could say you know I vote for so you know uh, Mark Pellegrino for the capitalist party or something like that. Uh, if you think, <laughs> if you think that's uh, valid, otherwise s- standing down. Is appropriate. I think it's moral. What say you to that?
1: Well, I went for years and years where I didn't bother voting just because I hated all the parties and I hated all the uh, all the, the candidates so much. I only started voting some years ago, and that's just because Justin Trudeau is such a woke little weasel uh, that I just I, I have to vote against him at the very least. Oh, so that, I, that's that. my, I'm doing my part for Canada by voting by casting a vote against Justin Trudeau. And you know what? I did the same thing
0: in the past two presidential elections by voting for the libertarian candidate, one of whom didn't know where Aleppo is, and the other uh, was just a a raging schmo. But I thought, you know what? Less of a schmo than the two two people out there that are standing for the establishment. Uh, Well, today, uh, folks, the quote-unquote informal collective, which will be coming to you in four minutes, now has a title. It is called the reality show and the reality show will be coming up to you in four minutes folks and the topic will be the causes of Californian crime crisis i might have to sit in on this since i live in california i've experienced some of this stuff firsthand and i see the exodus of of even natives and many of my friends who never even thought about moving out of state are now considering moving out of state i've of course been considering it for the past two years um, well nicholas it's been great talking with you do you have anything to add before we sign off no, nope, but it's been a great discussion. Thank you very much, Mark. I think so too, folks. And uh, so, so tune into the reality show coming up in a couple of minutes and always remember to check your premises. Peace.